0: Good morning everyone and welcome to Crestview Baptist Church. Thank you for coming out to join us today for our special day of worship we have on this first Sunday of Advent. Um, If you've never uh, been for one of our Hanging of the Green services before, you're in for a treat. It's a good time and a great way to just kick off the Christmas season worshiping God. I do have a few announcements as we go into um, today. First one is about tomorrow. If you are going to Operation Christmas Child to help pack shoe boxes, uh, Joy said to be here by eleven thirty, ready to go. Oh, at I going to say be here by. Oh, we're leaving at eleven thirty. Sorry, so be here before eleven thirty, ready to go. And uh, if you have not filled out your waiver yet, or you have any questions about anything, see Joy. Uh, after the service today, or give her a call, and uh, she will help you with that. Um, Tuesday at four o'clock. I'll get it. Tuesday at four o'clock. Um, we are going to. We have a project the Baptist men are going to work on. If you could come out and help for that, the more people we have. Um, The quicker we can get it done, we don't have a lot of daylight this time of the year, so uh, 4 o'clock on Tuesday, keep that in mind. Uh, Wednesday, uh, 5.30, we have play practice. If you are in the Christmas play or you have kids in the Christmas play, please do your best to be here. We only have a few more practices left, and we're getting down to the nitty-gritty we're going to really start jumping in on it, so please do your best to be here. We're going to have, we're going to practice in here in the sanctuary Wednesday. Um, also, we're going to have some, uh, some baked spaghetti for supper afterwards, so uh, meals taken care of. And uh, so keep that in mind. Um, this Saturday is our um, Baptist men's breakfast. Come out uh, for that Saturday morning. It's a good time of fellowship. It's a good time to get your belly full. Um, Joy, no, Joy doesn't have an announcement. Uh, Sandra does. Sandra's going to come up and make an announcement. Before Sandra comes up, I want to let you know, any kids or youth or anybody that can help, we are going to load up the Samaritan's Purse shoe boxes in the van after church. So if you have a few minutes to hang around after we're cleared out and get those loaded up, uh, Artie would appreciate it greatly. Uh, I'm turning it over to Miss Sandra, and just I uh, hope you enjoy our service today.
1: We have a tradition here where we have the mailboxes out here, and these are uh, so that uh, if there's something in general that every church member needs to get, uh, it goes in your mailbox. But it also allows you to give whoever in the church a Christmas card. And the WMU then will deliver these Christmas cards the Sunday before Christmas. Um, Now, you're saving on postage, but you still need to make a donation for your postage. And this donation goes to our Lottie Moon Christmas offering. So you can just put your donation uh, in the mailbox. That will be out there. You can put it in an envelope with your name on it, um, but you can start doing that uh, this week, and uh, we will probably have a list. Do we have a list? of By next Sunday, every mailbox will have a label on it. But if you do not have one, you need to see us so we can make sure that we get you a mailbox. And we'll also have a list of all the church members' names on it, so you can have that to go by. So um, just remember to make a donation instead of putting stamps on it, and your donation will go to Lottie Moon.
2: Good morning. I hope everybody is is doing well this morning and that you're not still in the turkey coma from Thursday. Um, I know that uh, I ate so much, I I, I didn't feel I could eat anymore the whole weekend um, from Thursday, but we're glad you're here. If you are visiting with us and this is your first time being here, please take the opportunity to fill out a visitor's card. You'll find them in the pew in front of you. Fill that card out, drop it off at the Welcome Center on your way out. We don't want anything from you. We just want to have a record of your attendance and see if there's anything that we can do to meet a need or pray for you about. So we thank you for being here for that. Um, Also, be in prayer this week and and, and in future. Continue to pray for uh, Jerry and Alex Pendleton and the rest of the Pendleton family and the Talent family. Um, i think everybody knows by now that kim passed away this past tuesday and um, jerry and alex are really having a a really hard time so please pray for them reach out to them if you can and um, i'm very grateful for the church and for those of you that that did go by and see them on wednesday and, and called and text and and everything else i do appreciate that and so do they But as we begin our time together. This is a a busy service. But we cannot forget why we're here. We are here because of our Savior Jesus Christ. And we are here to worship him. And everything that goes on in this service and every service. And especially during this season. It all points to him. And he is the reason we celebrate Christmas. He is the reason that we do all of this, and we cannot forget that. So as we go into this service, please join me in prayer as we begin our time together. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come to you, bowing before your throne, praising your name, because you alone are worthy of worship and glory and honor. And dear Lord, as we begin this Advent season, and we we begin with talking about hope, dear Lord, our hope is in you. The moment Christ came as an infant child and His birth was declared to the shepherds, hope had entered into this world. And dear Lord, our hope is in you. And we look forward to the time that you return to claim your people. And as we worship you today, may everything that is done and said point to you. May we be your witnesses that share the gospel with every breath that we take. The Lord, I ask you right now to be with those in our congregation and among our families that are hurting right now. Be with those that are, have physical ailments. I thank you for the fact that Doyne and Linda are with us this morning. Even though Doyne's leg is still hurting, he is here to worship you. The Lord, I ask you that you work in each and every one of those situations. You know exactly what needs to be done. You know more than the doctors because you are the great physician. But dear Lord, we give you honor and glory regardless of what you choose to do. And right now, dear Lord, I pray for this short time that you take all the distractions away from us. That you calm us to the point where we can focus on you. And it is in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our living Savior, we pray. Amen.
1: The approach of the Christmas season. It is at a time when the yearly routine of our life changes. It is interesting to remember that the term holiday has its origin in the idea of a holy day. Some people are offended that we say happy holiday or holiday season, but as Christians, we know that they're really saying holy day even though they're trying to leave Christ out. So the basic meaning of holy is that which is set apart, that which is different from the ordinary. Therefore, a holy day or holiday is meant to be a time set apart for the specific remembrance or celebration. However, Christmas is more than just a day. Christmas is a season. The season before the day is called Advent. This is a religious term that refers to having a season of preparation for a special holy day, a season that is filled with many special things. This holy day that we call Christmas is the birth of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus, God's Son. So, all the faithful, we have come together today to celebrate and to prepare ourselves for Jesus' birth. So let us stand as we sing together the first verse of O Come, All Ye Faithful. Like all birthday parties, we decorate for the celebration. This is the season of Advent, the time that we prepare our hearts for the celebration of Jesus' coming. To represent the coming of Christ and to help us be reminded of that wonderful night as we waited anxiously for his arrival, we will prepare an Advent wreath. First, we adorn the table with a purple cloth. Purple symbolizes royalty. Then, we place an advent wreath which is made into a circle of evergreen that remains green all year and is symbolic of Christ's never-ending and never-fading love for us. Then we place three purple candles and one pink candle, all surrounding a white pillar candle. Today is our first Sunday of Advent, so we will light the first purple candle known as the Candle of Hope. Each Sunday, we will light a different candle. The second Sunday, we will light another purple known as the Candle of Faith. The third Sunday, we will light the Candle of Joy, which is pink. And the fourth Sunday, we will light the Candle of Peace. On Christmas Eve, we will light the center center candle, known as the Christ, Christ candle. For many years, the faithful look forward to the coming of the Messiah. As we light our candles in the next four weeks of Advent, let us be thankful to God for giving us his Son. Jesus, to be the fulfillment of our deepest desires and our hope. Let us remember that Jesus is our hope, and glaze upon our Advent wreath as Sharon sings, O come, O come, Emmanuel. We hang garland as a reminder of life. Jesus said in John chapter 10, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Holly remains green during the winter months. Centuries ago, people thought that it had a magical power. So bringing a branch into the house for the wintertime would bring hope. And it would be a shield against the hardship of winter. Garland, together with flags, have been carried for centuries in parades, preceding the king as a symbol of leadership. Flags also serve for the identification of friend or foe, and to rally the troops. So, as we sing, deck the halls, let us be reminded that Jesus is our friend, and as the garland is brought in, to be reminded that Jesus is our power. Let us stand as we sing. First verse, deck the halls. represents renewal, new life, freshness, and rebirth. Plants such as the pine, the fir, holly, and mistletoe are all called evergreens because they do not die. Throughout the year, they remain evergreen, ever alive. Because they didn't die, our ancestors saw them as signs of things that last forever, Isaiah tells us that there will be no end to the reign of our Messiah. The wreath also signifies the crown, both as a sign of the kingship of Jesus, but also as a reminder of his love for us when he wore the crown of thorns. So as we hang our wreaths, let us be reminded of Jesus' life and his never-ending love for us as we sing, Worthy of worship, and you can re- be remain seated for this one. Worthy of worship as we hang our wreaths. <laughs> In 1825, Joel Poinsett of South Carolina, who had been appointed as the first American diplomat to Mexico, saw some beautiful red flowers. and They were called flame flowers or flowers of the holy night, which were used as decorations in their festival nativity processions. These flowers had been celebrated during their procession ever since a little girl placed all she had in front of the manger scene, which was a handful of weeds. As they were praying, the weeds became this beautiful flower that we know today. These beautiful red flowers have a cluster of small gold flowers in the center of the red-colored leaves. This gold is symbolic of precious things. We read in Galatians, when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. As we place our poinsettias, named after Joel Poinsett, let us be reminded that God sent his ultimate gift his son, and be reminded that Jesus is more precious than silver or gold, as Jackie sings for us. Once upon a time, many years ago, an old cobbler and his wife lived in a tiny village at the edge of a village in Australia. This humble shoemaker had few worldly possessions, but whatever he owned, he always shared with others. Symbolic of this generosity and love of mankind was the lighted candle that he placed in the window of his cottage. Every night, this light would shine forth as a welcome sign of hospitality to any weary traveler who might be in search of shelter. Over a period of several, several years, war, famine, and near destruction fell on this little village. But never once did the little candle fail to send its beam as a message of hope and cheer to all. Hardships and losses came to the village as a result of the war. Loved sons sons And husbands were killed in the battle. Crops failed and animals starved for want of grain. And yet, through all this trouble, this little cobbler and his wife suffered far less than any of the other villagers. Well, it seemed that there was a magical charm guarding these two. So discouraged and weary, the village peasants gathered together one evening to discuss this cobbler's fortune. Surely there is something special about him. He's always spared from our misfortunes. What does he do that we're not doing? One thought, perhaps it is his little candle. Let us put a candle in our windows too and see if there is this mysterious charm. Now it just so happened that the day of the peasant's meeting was Christmas Eve. So the That night, every home in the town lit a candle in their windows. They burned all night. And when morning came, it seemed as though a miracle had occurred. A soft mantle of snow covered all the village, and there was just this air of hope and contentment filling the hearts of the villagers. And before the first ray of the morning sun had cast its first gleam upon the new fallen snow, a messenger comes riding into the village to bring the great news. Peace had come. The war is over. The church bells chimed as the people knelt in prayer on this most wonderful morning. Never before had there been such a feeling of Christmas glory and joy as there was on that day. The peasants were in awe. It was the candle, they whispered. They had brought an answer to all of our prayers. We must never again fail to light our candles on Jesus's birthday. And now, centuries later, this beautiful custom has spread all over the world. Until today, millions of candles flicker all over the world, sending forth a message of love, hope and cheer that will never grow old. As we light our candles, may we be reminded of what the villagers said. Let us never again fail to light our candles on Jesus' birthday. So as Doug and Joanne sing The Light of the World, we'll light our candles in our windows. the Advent season, we often hear bells ringing, and we always sing jingle bells. Over the years, bells have been used to call us to worship. The dinner bell tells us that the meal is ready. The bell was used to tell time in the era before the wristwatch. It has been used to sound that war is over. Now there will be peace between nations. As we hang our bells, let us be reminded of the words from the poet Longfellow. It was Christmas Day in 1863, and it was definitely not a day of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Not in the United States, because the Civil War was taking place, and it was raging. In Gettysburg, only six months earlier, 40,000 men were killed, wounded or missing, and there was no end in sight. No wonder the poet bowed his head in despair as he sat by his son's bed in a hospital wounded from the war and said, there is no peace on earth. The entire country, both the north and the south, was in despair. But there was something that happened during the darkest moment that Christmas morning that helped him realize that God is not dead, and that right would prevail. As he lay beside his son, who had been wounded, he heard the bells from a nearby church ringing in the new day, Christmas Day. The birth of Jesus Christ brings hope to all of us. Christmas doesn't mean that all of our problems are going to disappear, but as it does assure you, as it did Longfellow, that God is not dead, and he is definitely not asleep. Bells have always been used to ring out good news. So today, as our bells are hung from the sound booth, think of the greatest news that has ever been told. God's Son, our Lord, Jesus is born. As Whitey sings, I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Everybody turn and look at the sound booth, and you'll see our bells being hung.
2: On Christmas Day Their old familiar carols play
0: And wild and sweet the words
2: repeat Of peace on earth, good will to men Then pail the bells more loud and deep God is not dead nor dying sleep, the wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, good will to men.
1: Christmas are special ornaments hung on Christmas trees and used in decorations that remind us of the true meaning of the Christmas season, and they point us to the Christ child. Christ's is a combination of two words, Christ and monogram. Monogram meaning symbol. The ornaments are colored white and gold, white symbolizing that Jesus was pure and perfect, and gold symbolizing his majesty and glory. Each Christmine represents Jesus Christ, his life, his ministry, his nature, and his teaching. The evergreen tree symbolizes eternal life. The lights proclaim Jesus is the light of the world, and the Christmine ornaments declare his name, life, and saving acts. So I'm going to ask Chad if he'll come up here and help our children hang our Christmine ornaments. First, we have the butterfly. It is a symbol of transformation and immortal soul. Now, the crown. It is the symbol that Jesus is king. It shows that Christians believe Jesus is ruler over heaven and earth. The Anchor Cross. The Anchor Cross reminds Christians that Jesus is the anchor of our faith. The Dove. The dove is a symbol of peace and the Holy Spirit. It is shown pointing down to represent the Holy Spirit that appeared as a dove when Jesus was baptized. The chiro. The chiro looks like a P with an X on top of it. These two letters are the first letters of the Greek word Christos, which means Christ. The heart. The heart is a symbol of love and reminds Christians that God is love. The Celtic cross, this is an Irish cross. It's a normal cross, but it has a circle in the middle to symbolize eternity. (laughs) The Star of David. Sometimes this is called the star of creation, and it is a symbol that Jesus was a Jew and a descendant of King David. The trichyra. The trichyrta is made of three loops, making a triangle representing the three parts of the Trinity. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the fish, this is one of the oldest Christian symbols. <laughs> the letters come from the Greek word for fish, and this, these are the letters that stand for Jesus. And last, we will hang the lamp. The lamp represents that Jesus is the light of the world. As we hear the piano play, O Christmas Tree, let us... Gaze at our beautiful tree and be reminded that it's all about Jesus. ask all of our children to come and just have a seat on the floor and Chad is going to tell us about the legend of the candy cane.
0: There was once a candy maker who owned a to make a candy that reminded him of Jesus Christ. So he made the Christmas candy cane. He started off with a stick of pure white hard candy. The white color symbolized the virgin birth and the sinless nature of Jesus and the hard foundation of the church and firmness of the promise of God. The candy maker made the candy in the form of a J which represented the name of Jesus, and when turned the other way it looked like a staff. This was perfect since Jesus is called the Good Shepherd. He then colored it with three stripes which represented the suffering Jesus received and symbolized the blood shed by Christ on the cross. When we break the candy cane, it reminds us that Jesus' body was broken for us and how much he loves us. So let us all sing Jesus Loves Me as a reminder of Christ's love for us. (laughs)
3: i <laughs>
1: In ancient times, the cedar tree was revered as the tree of excellence and endurance. It also signified immortality. As we prepare for the coming of Jesus, let us read in the book of John, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that offers light to everyone was coming into the world. Yet to all who did receive him, those who believed in his name, those he proclaimed to be his children. So as we light our own cedar tree, may we be reminded of the one who brings light to our darkness, healing and brokenness, and peace to all re- who receive him. So, Terry, if you'll turn out the lights and the sanctuary Dan is going to light our Christmas tree as we sing Silent Night. adorned his sanctuary to be reminded of who Christmas is all about, Jesus. Now let us listen as Pastor Artie reads to us the greatest story and be reminded of the greatest gift ever given as our own nativity is arranged during the scripture reading.
2: God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife. Now in those days a decree went out from this from Caesar Augustus that a census will be taken of all inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria and everyone was on his way to register for the census. Each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee from the city of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and she wrapped him in clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For today, in the city of David, there will be born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which is the Lord, the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. After hearing the king, they went their way, and the star which they had seen in the east, went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child and Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh.
1: Let us sing the first verse of Away in the Manger as we gaze upon our nativity scene. Invited shepherds to come and see the Christ child in Bethlehem. Now, after they saw the baby, they shouted and glorified God. So, during this season, the air is filled with music and singing. There is a great celebration going on. Whenever we hear the songs of Christmas and we see all the colorful decorations, let us also remember the reason for all of this celebrating. As Ebenezer Scrooge said in A Christmas Carol, I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year long. So let us stand and sing joy to the world at the closing of our service, but let's go outside these walls and live to praise the Lord in adoration and to sing with our hearts and voices as we celebrate the Christ child. Would you stand? We're going to turn it over to Artie.
2: I cannot dismiss this service without giving you an opportunity. If you don't know Jesus, the one that we are celebrating today, if you don't know him, we want to give you the opportunity to do that. We're going to sing one more, that, that verse again, of joy to the world. This is your opportunity. If you want to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, don't leave this place today without doing that. We're going to sing one verse, and then we're going to close our service, but we want to give you the opportunity to do that. So, hear the song. If you if you need to do anything, if God is speaking to you and telling you something to do, this is your opportunity to do it. Go talk to somebody if you need to. Come up here, talk to me. Come to the altar and pray. Bow down before. Whatever God is telling you you need to do, take care of it right now here in that verse. 4 o'clock, they're going to be coming into work, so thank you for being here, and I'm going to ask Joe McCurry as our Deacon of the Week, if he would come and dismiss us in prayer.
4: Please pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, what a joy it is to welcome Jesus into this world. Lord, the Bible tells us that it was darkness and it was void and there was no joy, there was no happiness, there was no light. And because of God's great love for his creation, he sent his only son into the world to live, to tell us how to live and to have joy in the world. So, Lord, we thank you for the birth of Jesus. We even thank you for the death on the cross for Jesus to pay a sin debt that he did not owe. It was for our sin debt that he died. But then on the third day, he rose again. And, Lord, he's coming back someday. But until that time comes, Lord, may we go back to our homes, to our families, to our jobs, to our schools, and tell the world that Jesus Christ is God's Son And he is the only way that he is going to be able to go to heaven. So, Lord, give us the joy. Give us the love that we can spread throughout this community. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.